A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the weekly show brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount is yours at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash square ball. Usual trio with you, Dan, Michael and Moscow White. Moscow with a big old stain over his shirt today. Hiding it behind the microphone. <laughs> Coming in here can see like it. a fucking tramp. <laughs> it's It might be blood, but it's not mine, so it doesn't count. As long as it's not yours, then there's no problem, is there? It's a nice shirt otherwise. I, I suspect you've tried to drink a bottle of your coffee that you like laying down. <laughs> it's gone badly wrong. TSB Plus, by the way. Uh, this week we are chatting to Tony DiRigo, the second part of the 1991-92 two-parter on the extra ball. The key moments of that season, the moments that uh, saw us to the title win 30 years ago, and uh, including that famous dive by Gordon Watson. Um, DiRigo says a, a mean word about him, doesn't he? And he rarely says a mean word about anyone. He is a, bl- a bloody nice man, but not about Gordon Watson. You can find that over on the extra ball, full details of TSB Plus at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. Loads of benefits and it helps us too. Relegation Watch then, part one of the show. We're out of the relegation zone, lads. That's good, isn't it? Look at the table. We are are recording this on Tuesday, we should say, in case you catch up with this on. If you're listening on Friday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see on that, won't we? Yeah. But that's uh, good. It's better than being 18th, isn't it? Being 17th. Admittedly, there is the slight issue, slight wrinkle yet of Thursday and Burnley's game in hand and Everton's game in hand. But other than that, I mean, we are still we are still favourites to go down on that basis alone. But, you know, given what's happened, it's all right. And we've got a chance. I'm pretty sure you promised me that another point would do it because they'd lose all their games. Well, I said Leeds would get a point against Brighton, which we've done. Tick. And then nobody else would win any games for the rest of the season. Including us. Yeah. It's the Leeds United way because yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll drag it out to the 90th minute of the final game because we'll be hanging on thinking, oh, if, if Burnley score, then we're down. If Burnley score, then we're down. And then we may yet go down. I think if we're going to stay up, that's the way we'll do it. God. Burnley, they lost at Spurs. It's a funny one, isn't it? Like the, the concourse is completely packed at Ellen Road showing that game. Everyone's staying under the stands to the point where they're even singing under the East Stand. And they switched off the footage just as it went to injury time and cut to Liam Cooper's face in the tunnel. Bless him. I'm, so when did that game kick off? 12 noon. Ah, uh, okay. Why did they turn it off then? What's wrong with them? I don't know. They wanted to show Liam Cooper coming out of the tunnel. <laughs> Very strange decision. But yeah, that was good. Uh, I think Burnley could have got something from that game but also could have lost by more from the bits I saw of it yeah the um, the Tottenham as they're known had like 20 shots and all that kind of stuff and then I read um, a very sort of positive tinged thing in the Athletic the Burnley correspondent was all about how Burnley for this game they changed to five at the back to really limit what Tottenham could do and they you know they played amazingly and their you know their defenders came in and were Absolutely magnificent, but really, if Harry Kane wasn't doing 
he always blows hot and cold. He has those games where you give him like 20 chances and he scores a penalty. I think a good striker, like a, a Gelhart or a, or a Roberts would have scored <laughs> many, many more goals past them. And it was kind of leaving them, they're in a quandary now because Aston Villa beat them handily just a few weeks ago at Turf Moor. So they've got to go to Villa Park. And do they stick with this five at the back thing that earned them such a great, really, you know, brave defeat at Tottenham? Or do they go back to the way that they got uh, beaten last time against Villa? So pick away to lose, Burnley. Mm. And, you know, mate, they should, you know, do we uh, offer some points deductions for uh, um, going to Tottenham and doing Nazi salutes from, uh, admittedly, only a couple of the fans, but um, a couple too many. So, mm. you know, they they do, they should not stay up for that long. Burnley and Everton both did some racism this weekend, didn't they? Yeah, so it falls upon Leeds to take the rare moral high ground in this situation. So ask yourself, the rest of the Premier League over the, the games to come, which team do you want representing your brand next season? And Go the, with the safe bet. The answer <laughs> Leeds should United. be the, the delightful supporters uh, of Leeds United who will uh, never do you any wrongs. I mean, we are we were sort of another Leeds goal away from a perfect weekend, which is what we touched on over on, on Propaganda, that out of all the permutations there could have been, we got the second best outcome, which was the other two losing and, uh, and us drawing Everton's loss. That was quite funny. It's hilarious. Good old Frank. Uh, I still think they're probably outsiders for this but you just you just never know in this business do you because they've got Palace at home on, on Thursday I think it's going to be a bit bit more twitchy and then they end against uh, Arsenal don't they they've got to go away to Arsenal and it's really it's all about uh, Champions League if Arsenal Arsenal have to win to have a chance now of getting into the Champions League after screwing it up against Newcastle so there is this prospect that keeps in the back of my mind of like it would be absolutely beautiful if Everton went down from here but the problem with that is that would require, if I'm mm. correct, Burnley winning. I just don't want Burnley to win on Sunday. I feel like that would be yeah. unhelpful in general. So, but In fairness, they could just win on Sunday is the thing that could happen. That would probably be the more comfortable position. Well, just in general, like, I don't want them to win on Sunday either. Oh, see, yeah. I yeah. don't want any, anything that kind of hints at Leeds going down. Mm. It's just best not to go there, even if that's the way for Everton to go down. Yeah, I'd um, like us to not have to get another much. point. That's no. the level of faith I have in us. And as I was just saying before there, to repeat that point, if we're going to do it, that's how we'll do it. I would say the um, Brentford against Everton, the little I saw of it, Brentford don't look that great defensively. There was like the, the penalties that they gave away was two players crashing into each other and Everton started, they had chances before taking the lead. So there's there's possibilities there for them to be Got at. We'll we'll do this in the um in the Brentford preview, which is forgot we were doing yeah, Brentford yeah. preview. Part two of this. They're easy to forget about it first. Let's look at the 538 projection. I'm prepared to go back to that this week because it is the website 538.com. They run a uh season simulations, they do twenty thousand of them to look at the outcome. Our chances have improved. The probabilities they reckon according to their silly algorithm, Everton to finish safe on thirty-eight points with a nine percent chance of relegation. Burnley 36 points, 35% chance, and us also on 36 points, 56% chance of relegation. Now, when you actually analyse what they're predicting there, their silly algorithm is predicting that us, Burnley, and Everton will all draw all of our remaining games. So all five of the remaining fixtures that we've got will all be draws, is what they are predicting. Every week you you bring this this shambles to the podcast. It's a supercomputer. And I, and I never know what any of it means. It's but a supercomputer. I'm, I'm actually, I think that's inaccurate. 
Because I, I think none of us will get it. Well, in that, certainly in that last week, I think none of us will get any points. Mm. Whether they get something from Palace, Everton, that is, I don't know. Burnley, I suspect, will probably lose both of theirs. But I don't know, you know. We will see, won't we? I, just don't, I don't see, of those five games, five draws being the outcome. That just doesn't seem realistic. I've just um, very quickly gone to a popular betting website and I can get 600 to 1 as an acker um, on all those games being draws. So, so they think that's the likeliest outcome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Interesting. I, mean, I don't know. I guess just picking uh, five games to all have the same result is going to be pretty high odds anyway. So, yeah. I don't, and also, last day of the season, it's not going to, well, the last two rounds of the season, it's not going to end up with five draws. Don't be ridiculous. It's well, exciting, though, isn't it? Minute, so last day of the season. Not this, done this in uh, ages. This no. Packard Bell desktop needs to be in the bin with a with a match after it. I will say the uh, the exciting part of this is that we peaked at 65% probability to go down, but we have reduced now to 56, so our chances are improving with each passing day. There's not, not a lot of comfort in that 9%. Just for the record, I am putting £2 on all those games. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, we've not had anything riding on the last day, have we, for ages? I think League League One promotion was the last I can think of. Mm. I think we've had outside chances of playoffs Maybe on one or, one or two occasions, I can't remember. And we were bigging away when we could have won fourteen nil if Charlie Taylor hadn't cried off. Yeah, that sort of a thing. But yeah, it's always been a bit boring. Even when we've we've gone up and gone down, which seems to have mainly happened a bit ahead of time, doesn't it? Even winning the title, we didn't get to didn't go to the final day. Yeah, relegation from the Premier League was there was still we played at home against Charlton, but it was yeah, already done. Way to Chelsea. Mm. And then relegation from the championship, we still had to go to Derby after that, didn't we? And we had loads yep. of players sent off. So, yeah, good. I told you it'd be an exciting <laughs> end of the season, didn't I? <laughs> Hooray. How, how do you sort of genuinely, like, hand on heart feel about it? Michael, I dare say you're terrified. I'm, I'm well, whatever happens now, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm not terrified, actually, because no. I've come to terms with the fact that, you know, the, the um, equaliser on the weekend made me think, you still have last minute goals again in the championship, don't you? And, that can st- <laughs> and that's still fun. And Brighton, Brighton are a championship team anyway. You know, well, <laughs> I don't say, like, I don't, I know you, you kind of look forward to being in the Premier League so you can play against teams like Liverpool, Scum, that you've, that you've not played for ages. But then this season's made me think, don't want to play them. No, it's awful, isn't it? It's, it's horrible. I hate getting dicked. It's just, uh, it's been hard to watch. So I've kind of come to terms with it. I would obviously like us to stay up. Mm-hmm. It's funny that it, it's come down to us having games against Brighton and Brentford. Or old like League mm. One pals. Um, maybe we should all just go back down there. Maybe we'll start our own Splinter League. They tried to start a Super League. Maybe we'll start a crap league. Well, what Michael's saying there and thinking about the Super League, the more I'm starting to think it's a better idea. Yeah, they should, if they'd all pissed off, it'd have been great. Because like, the be FA, FA Cup final, crap. And the Cup finals mm. are between these teams every single year now. Mm. Like that, that small cabal of teams. And when it's not one of them, they just get thumped whoever it is that in, dares to intrude on their party. It's boring, isn't it? And we were talking about... Shut it um, down. We were talking about youth development on Propaganda Extra before and about how it's difficult to throw kids into the Premier League because it's such a high-stakes league and you can't have, you know, a teenager up against Chelsea's billion-pound team or whatever they've got. Whereas if they all went away, we could be more... Our league would perhaps be more of a part... I mean, the Bundesliga isn't a good example because Bayern Munich ruin it, but it is a league... Well, they'd be... They, they could go to the Super League, They'd be gone as well. And that'd fix that. Um, you create a more competitive environment where you can put young players in and you don't have to wait until they're 24 and they've got experience elsewhere for them to uh, to be. So Archie Gray could play and it would be fine. Whereas 
the average age of the Premier League is so much older than other European leagues. And it's because these teams at the top create so much pressure and because the amount of money in it creates so much pressure that you can't rely on young players to battle against relegation because there's that big drop off financially into the championship. And that's probably says something about the the whole relegation prospect because what we're talking about, what you're talking about is that if we're in the championship next season, we still play good games against big teams. Huddersfield will still be there. And, they um, said big teams and good games. I'm joking, yeah, but I'm using that as a joke to say that they're going to lose their um, player final. So, but there'll be teams. I, I was, I was. By the way, I was flirting with uh, constructing the, a tweet saying uh, if they'd have lost to Luton, saying, "Well, that's one team we won't have to play next year in Huddersfield." But it's just, it's just not the right time. So they, <laughs> the jokes be, can wait. Uh, um, but from a football point of view, I don't like how many games there are. There's too many. But the, you know, you play good games of football against good teams. But because it's purely because the TV deal is so different that clubs financially don't want to take that step. Sporting, you just go into another division and you play another bunch of teams and it's another season in your life and you watch them and the players aren't quite as good. But from financial, it's so huge it can obliterate a club. But that is not my problem. It's not It's not my problem. Like we, we get involved in all this fucking psychodrama about relegation and the, the huge financial damage it can do to a football club. It's not my football club that's going to have well, it's not my investment that will be a quarter of what it is now just after relegation. My investment in Leeds United will still be the same. That I love the fucking football club and I love watching the players in those shirts running around, chasing a bag of wing, kicking balls into a net. Yeah, and a lot of that would be helped if the top six just went away and took all that money with them and just left us to reasonable amount of money and it would be fine. And as we saw from like Rafinha sitting on the post after the ground had emptied on Sunday... It's all transient anyway, isn't it? The players are all transient. I know we get attached to them. I know we love some of them. Rafinha has never 100% felt like ours. No, he was... They never Players that you buy in at a, a fairly high price, they never do, do they? Because no. particularly, the, unless you are a team that is going to be in the Champions League and winning the league and reaching the Champions League final, there's always going to be somewhere else a really good player can go. Yeah. So... Because we, we loved the promotion team. I think that's what, what made it so special and, and why people are struggling to let go of, of Bielsa as a concept no matter how flawed it got towards the end, is that we loved his authenticity and we loved the personalities of all the people in that squad, you know, genuinely on a human level. And like I was flicking through Twitter a little bit earlier on and Fabrizio Romano or whatever, just saying that uh, I think it's a couple of Chelsea mercenaries, it might be uh, Alonso's one of them, whatever. They're definitely off to Real Madrid. These players over a certain level, you've just you've got no real control over them, have you? It's almost a, a completely different elite level. They're impossible to love or get attached to. And that's what made the Bielsa promotion so special. It's a problem as well with kind of the, the structure and the, the money side of things that players flit around and the players are the ones that you want to love. You know, the moment at the weekend when we equalised, Joffy doing that skill, Stroik with a, you know, he deserves so much credit for keeping calm in that situation. You know, put him on match report, like, you can so easily imagine that header just going into the side netting. He didn't. He just imagined it goes straight in the net and he put it there. All of that existed beyond kind of like whatever Marsh is saying whatever Adrizzani or or Kinnear are saying and whatever the 49ers are saying and all that kind of stuff, completely relevant in the moment. And that's why you love footballers is because they just do those kind of things. But um, but then because footballers come and go and they kind of, they, they arrive, they do cool stuff for a while, but then because they might go away, people don't want to build that affection anymore because there's the idea that they may leave. The people who never leave are the people who bought your club. So people then transfer this weird affection onto ownerships of football clubs 
is why you get people who are like pro Radvizani or anti Radvizani because they equate somebody who just bought a club with the things that you have to like about it. The institution itself, you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When really them buying it is kind of completely out of our control. And while they're here, they don't actually do anything to entertain me in a football sense. Whereas the players that we buy or develop and then may leave, they give me so much while they're here. It's just this, the way that now works means our affections get skewed in really strange ways towards people who sort of aren't really relevant to football. And we put ourselves in this position of thinking, well, should I like Rafinha, even though he's going to play for Barcelona next season? And actually, yes, because he's been great to watch. Maybe not had the long-term impact on a football club that you would hope that we would get from a player like him. But that's really been not down to him. It's down to kind of what surrounds him. And But he will leave and he'll still be a great player. And I'll probably watch him playing for Barcelona and think, yeah, cool. But then there's that idea that you should just drop him like a stone as soon as he goes to play for a, a different football club and only concentrate on the people who are at your football club. But that's how you end up with people saying that like you should like Michael Brown. <laughs> well, actually, I don't, I don't fully agree with that in the sense that if and when Rafinha does go to, let's say, Barcelona, I will always be able to fondly watch him and he will feel a little bit ours, even if he never felt completely ours in the first place. I will still retain some sort of emotional ownership over him. Well, I mean, we still do with James Milner to an extent, yeah. to an extent and he hasn't played for us for about 20 years now. So, yeah, you do you do maintain it with some people. It, it was always different with Milner because he's very much a Leeds a Leeds lad and all that. So Rafinha is is different. But but. You, you can hear it in, in this season with the number of people who are saying just forget about Bielsa and stop talking about him. There is, there's a, a certain group of people who would prefer a line to be drawn as soon as somebody leaves and the only people who matter are the only other people who are at Leeds within the four walls and I think we probably feel differently that the kind of the those strays like James Milner is just like he's somebody who just strayed away isn't he and we always you feel we have that bit of elastic that attaches into him but you will get people who just go well I mean when he celebrated um Liverpool goal when we played them in the League Cup and there was mass outrage how dare James Milner do this thing does doesn't he it's just He's just a guy being happy for his friend who scored a goal. And <laughs> people get very weird about these things, but it's all down to the fact that the only static, what is static and, and what is not, and we we don't, uh, the players move around more. Have you heard about Wills? Future King? No, 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 the written kind of Wills. Where your stuff goes. Yes, that one. absolutely correct. Um, Levi's Solicitors do all sorts of future planning services for you, and they are right behind us on this podcast. If you're planning for the future, whether it is wills, lasting power of attorney, inheritance tax planning, Levi's can take care of all that for you. Because you need to make sure you see, like, what's in your loft? I mean, I'm thinking shoot magazines from the 1980s, VHS tapes with Leeds United on them, maybe a collection of football shirts, that kind of thing. Mm. My VHSs are going to the, the dog's home, so the, dog, so the dogs can, <laughs> can, watch can, can enjoy those. <laughs> the uh, 11 card trick with Wilco, that sort of stuff. It's, it's ideal for them. No matter how old you are, you need an up-to-date will. Levi Solicitors can take care of it. 10% off your legal fees as well if you go through us. So have a look at the website for the full range of legal services for you and for your business. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. We're previewing Brentford now. Final game of the season. Mercifully, it'll all be over in a few days. I've, I don't know about you, I've, I've kind of wanted this season to end almost since it got going and I know you sort of run counter to that Moscow you've always said we should be enjoying this this journey in the Premier League but everything's fell off this season so I am really looking forward to it being over I feel like we we all just need a holiday uh, collectively as a fan base after all the, the stress that's accumulated over the season although kind of the stress has gone away now 
as we've been saying, I've kind of resigned myself to whatever happens. And what will happen, will happen, Brentford Community Stadium, four o'clock Sunday afternoon, Legoland for a nice day out. Yes, I mean, it's not how it should end in the Premier League, is it? Do we need to order the old uh, Brentford wear sorry banners no, now? Because we, don't need, for we don't need to be sorry, do we? For long-term fans of Leeds United, no? <laughs> if it's a Lego stadium, it can be taken apart and put both together. <laughs> no, it'll be fine on that front, I'm sure it will. It'll be the final outing for the blue Chelsea kit as well. No, sorry to see that go. It, do you know we've never won a game in that? Um, we've not won many games this season, we won, have we? We, truthfully. we beat um, Fulham on penalties in the hybrid kit in the Carabao wearing that shirt, but we've not won a game in open play in that shirt. Until Sunday. Good time to break the duck, though, wouldn't it? Mm. And they really, really want to send us down. There's no two ways about that, is there? Because, um, you know, there's been a bit of back and forth in recent seasons based around the promotion and the uh, perhaps ill-thought-out Mind the Gap Thomas Frank video that went public. I mean, people say it's going to come back to bite us, but... Doesn't matter, does it? Doesn't matter, no. no it's funny. <laughs> They're going to have... Because the thing is, if they send us down, they'll do some similar stuff. And then the year after, they'll go down. And yeah. then they won't be able to laugh about it anymore. And none of it matters anyway. Don't take it so seriously, Brentford. Yeah. It's fine, isn't it? And it's nice. It is. I mean, we've we had obviously some enjoyable times with Derby County after the playoffs and everything. And then we got to go up there and all the fun associated with that. It was great at the time. Loved yeah. it. But, you know. Got to take your medicine sometimes, exactly. haven't you? Exactly. If we, yeah. And if we go down and they do relegate us, fine. Whatever. Yeah. They do like to blather on about the old little old Brentford stuff. I did see uh, there was one funny exchange. It was said by a few fans on, on Twitter in relation to, you know, Everton have been setting off fireworks outside the opposition grounds um, and they trotted out this tiresome little old Brentford bollocks. Like, oh, you've got to do that to Brentford. Have your little old Brentford come into your town, you're setting off fireworks and it's it's nothing to do with Brentford being little, big or anything in between. It, they've been doing it for everybody in the same way that we do propaganda about everybody and preview games and we're dickheads about everybody <laughs> because that's what we do. Uh, it's, you know what I mean? It's like this this little old Brentford stuff. You've still got 11 players on a football field. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. I mean, we do talk down to Brentford more than others, but that's because they're... Rightly so. That's because they're playing a daft stadium and have um, a creep as a manager. So, <laughs> I think they're old, In your opinion. I think their old stadium is still substantially there. So if we do need to demolish something at full time, it's not far, is it? So respect the Lego. We just take a trip down and help them. The boarding... the the hoardings are up and they're demolishing it. So we could almost contribute to the uh, redevelopment project. They're going to put some houses down. Why not? Give them a hand. Yep, 2-2 in December. That's when Bamford came back from his injury and then got injured again in the celebration. Do we see a little repeat performance? Would you would you risk Bamford in some capacity in this one? Could you repeat it, this trick? I mean, if he can be on the bench and move even a bit, yeah. Would you even start him? If you, if you got 45 minutes out of him, would you start him? It depends what those 45 minutes would be like, I suppose. If he looks fit, if he looks like he can do it in training, I suppose, yeah. Whether or not Bamford himself feels comfortable being potentially sacrificed again, because we would essentially be saying, you might go out and injure yourself for another six weeks here, but it's not our problem, is it? That'd be your leg broken. <laughs> we can uh, we can just enjoy the lovely points. He said he'd do it. Is that right? He said he was uh, when he was talking about his plans are going against Wolves and describing all that, and he said, but... You know, I'm probably not back this season, but if they do need me for the last two games, then yeah, obviously I'll help the lads and I'll do anything for the team. So He might mean more loading bags and stuff. He was specifically saying he will, if he's needed to play the last couple of games and he can do it, he'll do it. I mean, that's obviously the thing. He's not, if his leg is in traction, he's not going to be like running from the hospital to be running on the pitch. But he said if he's needed for the last two games, he had that in mind at that point that he might be able to do it, so... The Brentford home game was the one where for about 15 minutes we had a fully fit squad 
Yes. Wasn't it? Because we had... And we thought this was the turning point. Bamford was back yeah. on the bench. Cooper was in the team. Tyler Roberts, was back. Tyler Roberts scored, Michael. And then within... Yeah, I'm just, I've just got the, the other stats to Within 15 minutes, Cooper was off injured. <laughs> 55 minutes, Phillips off injured. But it's all right. Bamford's back on 68 and he's scored. That's good. No, he's out injured as well. And he's played... Did he play... Was it just the, It was just one comeback since then, wasn't it? Or did he have a middle one as well? I can't remember. He's just constantly been almost fit this season as Bamford. Was mm. it? Yeah, this was his... Because he got injured at Newcastle and then this was his comeback from all that and did his hamstring celebrating and then he got the little comeback later on when he um, played against Wolves and that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Liam Cooper off after a quarter of an hour and then the Calvin Phillips injury in this one, I guess. That's when people were baffled, wasn't it, that first substitution? Do you remember? When Mm. uh, he brought Jack Harrison on for him and shuffled the entire pack and people were saying, why have you done that? And we got loads better. um, Scored after that. And um, and then only when Calvin Phillips went off, things started to go wrong. And that's kind of... uh, It was a big game for that kind of stuff with Bamford getting injured as well. It was the spine of the team getting injured in one match. And Phillips um, is still not looking right at the moment and trying to work out how much of that is down to... You know, the way his job has changed and also the way his legs have been mangled. I think Marsh mentioned in one press conference where he said it's been a major injury and I think it's kind of been underrated how bad his injury was. Because, got quite uh, a scar, hasn't he? People were noticing. Yeah. Unlike Pat, he didn't go crying to Sky about it. I'm being mean <laughs> to Pat for no reason. But, you know, we've not heard much about Phillips being injured. He's just went away being injured and then come back not looking as good as he as he did. But, we only need a game out of them. That home game was quite weird, wasn't it? Because we were better than them, a lot better than them, I thought, for, for large stretches of it. And yet, in that early spell in the second half, when they scored twice, in very quick succession, wasn't it? I'm thinking it just totally leads it in. It was because the hallmark of that part, the early part of the season, wasn't it? That we have decent halves, and then it'd go completely wrong for a bit, and they'd, they'd score several. But I, mean, I don't know if you remember in the build-up to that first game, I don't know if you listened to the, the Square Ball podcast about 32 minutes in, mm-hmm. some of the stuff they were saying about Brentford was... Uh, it, 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 it was just a little bit off. I mean, I, I, I like a laugh and a joke. Yeah. But some of the stuff they were saying was unbelievable. Unbelievable, some of it. That's the only thing I can really remember from I mean, I, mean I haven't heard it and I'm already disappointed. Because I was sickened by it. Yeah. Because... Uh, they've had a good season, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And fair play to them. They've, they've done really, really well, haven't they? Next season down, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Because uh, second season syndrome, as we all know, is a real thing. <laughs> Having said it wasn't, it turns out it is. But they will probably, almost certainly, lose Christian Eriksen. And he's been the catalyst for their second half of the season, hasn't he? He's, um, he's been pulling the strings there in midfield. Because if you, if you actually look at their form, they slumped after Christmas. So in the new year, from the 11th of January right through to sort of the back end of February, they lost just about every game, barring one draw that they got at home to Palace. And then after that, they just like flicked the switch. Uh, in March and uh, won every game barring two. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, the, somebody got injured, didn't they? And then Frank tried changing the tactics to accommodate it and um, it was a disaster. So how many games did they lose in all of them? And then uh, put it back how it was with um, added Ericsson and um, whoever it was was injured came back and suddenly they're good again. It's almost like you need your best players in your team to Make your team perform, isn't it? Yeah, but if we can just stop Christian Eriksen's crosses going to anybody, I think we'll be fine. How do you think this one's going to play out, given everything? Or is it hard to know ahead of Thursday, do you think? Uh, I think we'll lose. <laughs> I don't know why, I just think we'll lose. We have a terrible... Re- I know it's a different stadium, so technically it's, it's no longer losing at the same Brentford. 
Is this less intimidating, this ground? I don't know. I, mean, I don't think it was, ever, it was ever intimidating, but that's sort it was of, kind of awkward, though. Right on top of your boxy kind of. Whereas this, you feel like you're playing under under 21s, friendly in Slovenia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think there's anything necessarily to fear from like the occasion. Hey, Jude. That's quite scary. No, 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 no. Yeah. We can deal with this game. I just hope that. I don't know. I hope, I hope we can play the game and not the occasion. That's the thing. But I do worry about the state of mind of this team, which is why I've, I do feel like if we are going to stay up, it will be off the back of a defeat and everybody else losing. But What do we know. think of Pontus's state of mind? I mean, I messaged you last night, didn't I? Late last night saying, I'd quietly talked myself into the idea that Pontus was going to let us have a goal in this game. Because <laughs> he doesn't want us to go down, does he? It maybe he just he stands off his player that he's marking, you know, doesn't quite go for a challenge right, something like that. Just a little thing that won't ever get picked up on. Just mm-hmm. a little sort of subconscious, subversive act that helps to save leads. Come on, he, he wants to, doesn't he? Mm, maybe. He's been very low-key in his games against us so far, hasn't he? I think first game back, everyone expected him to do some sort of big gesture of some kind, either to one way or another, really tying himself to, back to Brentford or to us or something. But he, as it was, he just kind of got his head down and carried on playing football. So mm. I'm, I'm Brent, the Brentford stuff aside, I'm fairly pleased for Pontus. I liked him when he was there. I know it, I know it ended badly, but he was great for a bit. Moscow, what are you vibing for this one then? Win, lose or draw? I think win. And I think that the occasion could actually help us. Because Brentford don't want one. Whereas we have shown, I guess, the last few minutes at Brighton. And then if you think the stoppage time against Wolves and Palace and Wolves again... And I think we scored more stoppage time goals than absolutely anybody. Yeah, yeah. We've got we've got nine points from goals that have happened after ninety minutes. So the when we've been bad this season has been when it's been a game. When we've had <laughs> to play matches of football, we've just been quite bad. But when it's just come down to high pressure, do or die, score now or never score again moments, it's happened. And so if we can if we could start the match with that kind of feeling of start the game the way we ended it against Brighton, basically, mm. and to just make Brentford aware from the start that we really, 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 really want to win, then I think there'll be enough players. I mean, Ivan Tony really, 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 really doesn't want to play for Brentford. So they should be quite easy to just kind of push into that kind of treat this as a testimonial. Ericsson's last game just like if we start getting the tackles in on Ericsson and start saying if you want to be uh, having your, your nice quiet little subbed off Wes Houlihan testimonial style when we played Norwich under Heckenbottom and we just let him stroll around change that so that you're going to have to work in this match so you kick the shit out of him from the first minute <laughs> yeah but not red cards Basically, no red cards no red cards um, so as as Marsh says aggressive but not that aggressive Calm but not too calm. Believe but now you need to believe more because you're not believing. Motivated but not over motivated. Yeah, all this stuff. Just, just get it absolutely right. But um, yeah, Brentford's ideal day does involve ruining our Premier League status. But I think they only want that. So the players only want that to a certain extent. I think they they don't want to have to have a last day battle and a, a horrible fight. So. Dear God, let's just start strong, score three goals in the first 20 minutes and watch Everton get relegated. It's going to be one of those really odd games, isn't it? Because you're going to have to watch it develop as well because we could potentially be at nil-nil feeling quite comfortable and then you find out Burnley have scored or whatever and all of a sudden that needs communicating to the players because you get 
get us things like, well, actually, now we do need to, we do need a goal now, having thought of draws enough. And it's when Man City went down and they uh, they'd got the score wrong. Mm. Do you remember that? Was it um, the day Jamie Pollock scored an own goal and they all thought that they only needed to draw, so they started just like passing the ball around <laughs> at the back and there was people on the sidelines like screaming at them, like trying to get the proper score on, but the players were just looking at them going, what, what are you talking about? They're, 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 we only needed a point, this is fine. But no, 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 you, you have to win, you have to win. But we could avoid all that by just scoring, I know I said three goals, four goals in the first 20 minutes. I'd, and, I'd settle uh, for one from there. One in the first 20 minutes would make me feel a lot better about how this one could go. Mm. One for us and one against Burnley early on. Give plenty of margin for error is yeah. what I'm after. This is assuming Burnley lose on Thursday. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Well, it'll be over soon. <laughs> yeah, this time next week, it'll be done and dusted. We know either way. It's, and we, and it's actually only the, un- the uncertainty that makes us uncomfortable. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm quite at peace with what, with what generally, with what happens from here. But it is going to, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. There's no two ways about it because there's a lot at stake. We're recording with Phil on Friday, aren't we, this week? So it'll be we interesting are, yeah, to yeah. see how the, um, the kind of thoughts around the game change based upon what happens on Thursday night. Because if they both lose, I guess the uh, you, your fraudulent website will start to... If they were to both lose, I guess that would put us favourites to stay up again. Yeah, because you, you then only need to match Burnley's result. Yeah, uh, yeah. so things do change, don't they? Wildly. <sighs> yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm all over the place with this one in that I kind of, in a weird way, I expect us to win because Leeds just very occasionally have this this penchant for the uh, for the big occasion. What but do we he, do if we stay up? It feels like there needs to be a proper celebration again, but also not because it feels. I don't know. I was let me just finish the thought to say is that I also fully expect us to lose as well, and we might draw. <laughs> so I just I don't know where I am with it. If we stay up, we put the staff, management, players, everybody in stocks, but only throw soft fruit at them instead of hard mm. fruit. Fair enough. Is it even worth predicting what's going to happen here? No, because generally that doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have in mind my views on how Newcastle would finish the season in Burnley post Deitch. I feel like I was justified in some of those. Given that they're on, they're on for a top half finish potentially. Some of those. What was it you? What was it you said? After they, they beat us. Yeah. They, they beat us. You point. said they won't win another game. Yeah. So, and I think after Everton beat us, you said they won't win another game as well. I think, after, I think potentially after we beat Burnley, you said they, they wouldn't win another game either. Yeah. So I think it's for the best that I just don't, don't say anything. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's time for heroes and villains. We've got the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award named after our former owner and Mr. Chairman who brought us plenty of misery across his spell at Ellen Road. Nominations, please. We've got plenty of coming from our TSB Plus members. Where are we starting? Rodrigo. Gets plenty. End of nominating him, saying, players will make mistakes, underperform and have bad games. That happens. But Rodrigo's sins run, run much deeper than that. He looks for all the world like a man who just doesn't give a toss. Mm. Which I can kind of go along with for an awful lot of the time. I've got an old fat pug that moves with more intensity than Rodrigo does. 27 million for a player to have four... Uh, half decent games against teams that finish in the bottom two. That's no mercy, crease. But what does he contribute to the leadership council? Mm. <laughs> can't dis- disregard that. Can we do less running? That's what he. Um, that was his input on Bielsa's methods, wasn't it? Question from Howling Rick says: How can people in the media think he can make the Spain squad? Are they deranged? I've got a better chance than I'm <laughs> from Cass. It's the people picking the Spanish team keep putting him in it. It's, um, although the, he had that, uh, he had the the shame at the Euros, didn't he? Not shame, but of being called up when they had some COVID mm. people and then being told to go away again. <laughs> Shame. You, you, Shame. You can't have your holiday. That's it. They just ruined his holiday yeah. um, and didn't let him any closer to the team than that. Here's the uh, he's the leading nominee at the minute. There's quite a lot of people screaming into the void, I noticed. Um, people who are just sort of generally despairing at the situation. Like, if Barali scores, we're off to Biggie's saying, leads, the results, the relegation. I'm on my honeymoon in Mauritius. I imagine my wife will want a divorce after Thursday when I have a meltdown and ruin the holiday. <laughs> Are we Tom, nominating the void? Potentially. I mean, Tom is saying the Premier League for being shite. The best we can hope for is that we don't go down every year. Load of old bollocks. Philip swinging wildly. Scattergun approach. Marsh for being a dick. Lampard for being a total dick along with Richarlison. The cheating character. Uh, Brighton, like seriously, what the fuck? Why bother? You seagull-loving bastards, etc. It goes on, it goes on. Yeah, Marsh gets a couple of nominations as well, which is a bit harsh in the in the week in which we've probably had the best performance under him. Harsh on Marsh. Although this is the the follow up to Chelsea as well, isn't it? Oh, that's true. Yes, yeah. Sean Case is, um feel sorry for Ted Lasso being compared to Jesse. Absolutely inept, and has turned a shit team into an absolutely fucking abysmal team. Players look clueless and utterly devoid of any idea of how to play football. Mm. Yes, mm. actually, I'm asking what what is his fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> All he had to do was walk around the pitch clapping politely. But no, there he is beating his chest like a demented baboon. The lack of self-awareness is staggering considering he's yet to achieve anything. <laughs> Some of the hatred for Jesse does amuse me, I have to say. As um, as much as I sometimes feel a bit bad for him. Yeah. On a human level. Yeah. You do have to try and fight it. Like after we'd gone a goal down on uh, Sunday... I looked at him standing at the, the edge of the technical area and he was doing this thing where his, his feet are too far apart again. Mm. And I was just looking at his back and thinking, God, you... And I had to stop myself. Like, you cannot reasonably just, like, hate the way somebody stands. <laughs> it's got to... You've got to be um, careful. And we did say, second half, it seemed like... I mean, it's funny, isn't it? All, all, all of the Gandhi-gate stuff boiled down to him... It was a quote about belief, wasn't it? And he's saying like, yeah, I use this to help the players believe in themselves. And then he's saying at halftime against Brighton, I just didn't see in their faces that the players are <laughs> believing in themselves. It's like, what have you been telling them for the past two months apart from believe in yourselves? And here they are, and they don't. And you, <laughs> Do it better. Do it better. But somehow 
it happened in the second half, didn't it? And I, I don't want to be saying that none of what happened in the second half that the players, just, I don't think the players have gone rogue and are suddenly just picking their own team independently of what he's asking them to do. I think he has seen that we need to get Rafinha wider. You could see from the start of the game that Rafinha was almost in his dugout. He was that wide. Um, so he's he's getting us back there. But um, I think the phrase uh, bitten off more than he could chew is perhaps um, made for Jesse this season. Yeah. It, Both in, in Leipzig it, and Leeds. He didn't have to take the job, but he chose to do so. And I guess none of the Gandhi, Mother Teresa stuff will make a jot of difference if we stay up. Everyone will just sweep all that to the side and go, okay, then we got there, we breathe. Let's have a break, for God's sake, and we'll just see what, what the summer brings. I did also enjoy his, um, and it's just funny the way he put it on uh, one of his interviews. He said, uh, he was talking about how people when they see him in Leeds are telling him, like, come on, like, get, keep Leeds up. And he says, and we need that if... Uh, if you see uh, Leeds players during the week, I want you to go over and push them. I think that I, will, <laughs> I would gladly push them all into a hedge after some of the games this year. But uh, I think he meant, you know, give them a push. Yes, junior, etc. Let's talk about junior then, shall we? Uh, he got a few nominations. Even though it was one of his better games, weirdly, Ilkley arsehole is saying he's a comically bad defender, lucky not to get sent off every game. When is Leif Davis coming back? I mean, de- defensively, he is... Absolutely awful. We said he had a better second half, and that was mainly the stuff he did going forward. Defensively, yeah. But that that left hand side, as Moscow said, like it's catastrophic. Yeah, like he he cannot. He's constantly stood the wrong side of it. I know when when we had Dorigo in, we were just chatting about the season and stuff. And bear in mind how placid Tony is. The only time he got sort of animated was when we started talking to him about Junior Furpo because he was while not being well, not stopping short of us saying he's shit. He was very visibly like upset with some of his defending. He was like, you just got to get in the right side of it. And, you know, when it's down there, you need to stand here. And it seemed quite basic stuff that he was There, there is, a, there is the, explaining. Sm- the smallest hint to it on the record in part two of the 91-92 um, special with uh, Dorigo, where we talk about the key moments of the season and the fact that he was voted player of the season. So, you know, he knows a good left back. And, and I think kind of made that point to him. Uh, and we were discussing like, yeah, current, current issues with left back. And it, and it was... Don't get me started on that. <laughs> and that's as far as he went on the record, wasn't it, anyway? But equally, you know, he is our only left-back at the moment. So mm. he will start on the weekend. So let's get behind him for at least another 90 minutes or until he is sent off, which he has still not been this season, I mean, despite his very best efforts. Inside the stadium, there's still a lot of tolerance of him, despite his eccentricities. Mm. You know? he, he also did his best to injure someone during the celebrations as well on the weekend. He came... Like flying over everyone's heads, didn't he? And ended up in, the the in the West Stand, didn't he? He was more likely to hurt himself doing that. But yeah, he did uh, stick his calf into Joffy's face. It was funny. Um, yeah, Joffy was kind of hanging around the celebrations, going like, "Do I get any for this?" Everyone's on like piling on Pascal Stroik, and bless him, all he got was uh, kicked in the face by Junior <laughs> Furpo as he went fully <laughs> flying over the top. I enjoyed that. Like, if we could, if we could just keep Junior around for having a nice moustache and um, jumping over the top of celebrations, he'd fine. TJ says about him, um, under Bielsa, he's saying about the, how bad he was. Uh, under Bielsa, I put it down to the man-marking system. However, it seems that the expanse of grass and noise of the crowd turns him into an excitable puppy, only a lot less endearing, and he's shitting on our season. Uh, oh, well. Uh, his left-sided defensive pal, Liam Cooper, gets mentioned. Not all of Liam Cooper, though. It's just his bonds, his Swede, his head for putting it, his massive head, as Quick Draw McGraw describes it, for putting it in the way of Joffy's little uh, hooked shot in the early stages of the Brighton game. Lucy pointing it out as well. It's like the absolute perfect embodiment of, of all the bastarding bad luck we've had this season. 
And that's where there's some credit for the final result comes in. For We're not just overcoming playing quite bad football, but shit like that as well. Um, that makes you think, oh, we're never going to get anything out of this game. But 90 minutes later, well, it was it, exactly 90 minutes later, we're still plugging away and got the rewards. So Liam Cooper's face didn't, um, didn't hinder us as much as it might. We overcame it. There were a number of miscellaneous Leeds United nominations as well. Lone Wolves who uh, who wanted to nominate various people. Like for example, Yorkie Dave annoyed with Pablo for not sneaking on to set up the winner. I didn't know Pablo was there until afterwards when I saw, uh, saw his little clips of him playing football with his yeah. lad on social media. Somebody got a screen grab of the international coverage, didn't they? And, um, and sort of tweeted it out. And that's when I think everybody became aware of it. And uh, Becky O was in the East Stand as well, in the yeah. box. Too many heroes in one stadium, weren't they? Because they did all the... Um, the 92, 72 stuff as well, which I'd, I'd missed admittedly before the game, but I think they were, I believe they did that. Yep. And speaking of which, uh, where are the heroes were, Dan James was there. And I highlight this because I don't think Katie will be the only one who was asking where where was the little scum bastard on the lap of honour. Pat Bamford was walking off down the tunnel and there was somebody with him who he was talking to who was wearing a baseball cap who I just did not recognise. I was staring at him and I was like, Who's this guy? It's like somebody run on the pitch, but Bamford knows him. Is he a mate? Is he a friend of the players? You know, they sometimes have like the like just lads that they know with them. And it's suddenly the penny drops. It's Dan James. I don't know if underneath the hat, if he's had a haircut. If it's, it's the fringe, it's a, it's a Lego fringe. He, he did. He did have a hair, he had a haircut it. when he was sent off the other week. He yeah. had it. Had I think a, it caused it. Yeah. It caused it, didn't it? So it was quite short at the sides, so it didn't look. There was no underneath the hat. You wouldn't accept it. But yeah, if you if you go back, it's. The little uh, scumbaster, the the stranger in the baseball cap, is um, is our star winger. There were, there were a few people as well getting annoyed at the, the prospect of Luke Galing having gone on holiday through mm. the week, and he was there doing the lap of appreciation. So yeah, he dropped um, his missus off for uh, she was off on Hindu, so she's gone. Yeah, but well, she shouldn't have been allowed. Don't she care enough about Leeds United? <laughs> so to the people who tweeted is asking thoughts on this. None whatsoever. <laughs> it's it's a man who went to an airport. It don't mean anything. <laughs> I think the photo wasn't even from the airport. The one that was going around, like a Costa or something, wasn't it? Yeah. So, but um, who cares? But the <laughs> the internet sort of detectives had, had found out that it was um, the future, soon to be Mrs. Kyle Bartley's Hindu. So the prediction was that there would be a concurrent stag do, um, and that was where Luke Hailing was going. But it was all just invented. All bollocks. Yeah. And that's, you know, the, the they've been pretty bad at football at times this season, but I think deep down as, as people, they're still just about above swanning off on uh, Kyle Bartley's. And even, you know, Kyle Bartley's not going to arrange his stag to draw in Leeds United season. Brighton get a few nominations as well. James in Oz saying all those characters in yellow who were time-wasting from the 35th minute onwards, fuck you. That's not actually true, you know. They were time-wasting from pretty much the get-go. Strange. Really strange. I can see why you do it when you're a worse team, but seems like, it, it seems like, to be a hallmark of the Premier League. Though, a, bit like, it? a bit like Wolves did it as well, and you think, well, I we don't need to do this. I don't know why you do it in this game as well. Like the result isn't vital for them. I know uh, Potter was saying afterwards about maintaining the integrity of the competition and all that kind of stuff. But what integrity does the competition have if half the points that are gained are gained because you've just like laid down on the grass to have a cry so mm. that nobody can actually play football? And also, when the ball's in play for like 50 minutes of a game, you just think, well, what's the point of this, really? No, we won't miss any of it. Stupid game. Ryan is... Do you, do you, are you forgetting about the incredible amount of time wasting that went on in the Championship? When yes. like Gary Monk would turn up and take 
a minute over a throw in and yes. the, it's from the start I've blocked it all out Michael fair enough uh, Ryan is um, picking out Sideshow Bob and the Brighton team for being absolute wet lettuces every team who have time wasted against us have basically given us points in the end hmm. that's true actually so there's a, there's a moral story there. there's a moral lesson yeah uh, Bissouma picked out by Roger as well for being a ridiculous cheat first half fell over holding his head after Cucciarella's head was clipped by Rodrigo second half collapsed after the ball hit his knee <laughs> that was ridiculous just don't do it and just uh, don't. legacy fan Kevin as well pointing out that people will be annoyed by Alexis McAllister for having a silly name that is apparently pronounced McAllister but the voice in my head can't help but pause between Mac and Alistair like I just did <laughs> McAllister because he's not Gary McAllister is he? Was he wearing number 10 as well McAllister? Mm. Absolutely no right to do that not not, uh, not at Ellen Road thank you very much uh, I mentioned on the match ball it was the final chance to see Mike Dean at Ellen Road although he will be I think he's staying on VAR duties next year isn't he? So if we're down we won't have to deal with that if we are up, we will have to deal with that. As it was on Sunday, we had to deal with him in person. A few people picked him out. Uh, nothing beyond the usual grievances here, really. People just didn't know he exists, more or less. Um, oh, so Lean Cheese does pick up on uh, VAR not showing the uh, or looking at the handball in the second half, yeah. which I haven't actually seen back. I've He's, seen I've seen a still of it, and I was like, oh, bloody hell, yeah. Are you saying we were robbed? Probably. Probably, good. That's near enough for me. And there were a couple of um, Spurs and Burnley objections um, Matt Vayuda now I, this is troublesome because whenever I read this I read Mark Viduka because my brain's programmed mm. that way but it's Matt Vayuda who uh, annoyed at Spurs for not putting Burnley to the sword Boney M making a very good point Burnley for not making the Spurs game much easier to watch why won't you die <laughs> yeah it's true they could have done they could have made this last week of the season a joy couldn't they if they'd have just not won those games which they didn't deserve to probably and um, Danny Welbeck I mean I'm annoyed that he scored Keelan um, reminding us that we did start a rumour. I mean, very, very obviously start a rumour. We went mm. on this podcast and said, let's start a rumour about a player potentially signing for Leeds. Right. It's because he was a free agent, yeah. wasn't it? We were mm. looking down a list of free agents and saying, who shall we say on this list is going to sign for Leeds? And we said, let's go for Danny Welbeck because it's not beyond the realms of possibility. We were in the championship at the time. I mean, mm. as it is, he's stayed in the Premier League with Brighton ever since, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. We said it on the podcast and then we did a couple of, it was very not so subtle hints that we'd, he'd been spotted at a petrol station outside Leeds or something and then all the clickbait sites ran it and even a couple of uh, newspapers ran it didn't they which was funny <laughs> didn't he he's then turned up in the St John's Centre didn't mm. he which we never got from uh, Jan Vertonghen never quite <laughs> dedicated himself to the bit the way that uh, Danny Welbeck did good of him to get in on the joke I think anyway yeah 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 team player um, who is your villain of the week I mean Rodrigo gets quite a lot I, I mean, do we is that is do that, we wait to summer before we absolutely rinse him? Yeah, start on the full the full on. I feel, I feel like we need to be supportive going into yeah. this final week. It's not going to help to be negative. But then we've tr- he's, we've tried different approaches with him, and he can basically only play well against Norwich and Watford. But we all oh, right now. So what if we use it as a motivational tool? What if this instead of carrot, this is stick, and we and he wants to prove us wrong and shove it in our faces? On well, Jesse's giving him a rub down and told him how great he is, hasn't he? And that's not worked. So do we need to we need to be bastards to him? So should we give it Let's be to, shit to him. Let's be a shit to him and and say, Rodrigo Pull your fucking finger out. You are our villain of the week, you massive waste of money. We can't wait to see the back of you. Let's hope that you can channel this into a positive effort against Brentford on Sunday and fucking do something. Look forward to that being reported on news now, <laughs> reading those words back in the without context. But while but while you've got the white, blue, lilac, whatever shirt on, we're fully behind you. Mm-hmm. As Mother Teresa said. Stop fucking phoning it in, you lazy twat. <laughs> I believe she did. That's what she said. That's what she said to uh, all the people of the nunnery that she worked at. 
Probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how nuns work. Yeah. Or was she a nun? <laughs> or was she something else? <laughs> she used to have an outfit. <laughs> nun, she was like a nun at large. She like was she like head, head nun or something? <laughs> head nun. That's what they call it. Sister. Head sister. Mother. <laughs> She's a mother, aren't she? She wasn't sister. <laughs> Goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> we really should have looked at the get in uh, touch if you know if Mother Teresa was a nun <laughs> Google will know <laughs> Wikipedia is surely the right place to go <laughs> um, I'll just set up the, the Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week award while you're looking at that Michael obviously lots of people have nominated Joseph Paul Joffy Gelharts including Westan Ralph who describes him as that beautiful little rat wizard as you put it we didn't come up with that tag it was one of our TSB Plus members wasn't it who described him as a little rat wizard. Um, the lad is keeping our season alive, he is. And Zach in Australia, that rosy-cheeked little miracle worker, smothered that shit sandwich we were being served in so much deliciousness, I momentarily stopped caring that I was actually still being served shit between two slices of bread. <laughs> the strange thing is, I've obviously watched that back a lot of times, and the margins are so narrow, aren't they? Because the, the trailing leg of, of this dunk, isn't it, it was on the floor. Mm. It's so near to getting the touch that would have stopped it going in and at that point we're all saying why didn't you just put it in the first time round and it was just just enough yeah your own mental thought processes are just that split second behind Joffy's mm. and by the time you, you've processed your annoyance at him he's set up Pascal for the equaliser it's like oh that was good uh, yeah it's an obvious one says not Brian Dean one of those proper if that was messy we'd be talking about it for ages moments yeah it's extraordinary just to be able to think in that moment and then do the two things that Rodrigo needs to learn. Mad Ken Starling says Joffe had to be. The cojones on that uh, little scouse rat must be massive. Dunk had his measure for 92 minutes, but Joffe learned and made him look like a proper car arse with that flick. Outstanding. Well, the Teresa was a nun. She left. Do you know where she was from? Calcutta, they reckon. Doncaster. Close, close. Um, Lincoln. Birthplace of, um, well, same country as Jani Alioski. She's Macedonian. All right. So there you go. Little known fact. Um, but yes, she did go to Ireland to become a nun. And that what she was doing at the end, I don't know, I think she was freestyling it towards yeah. the end. Freelance. She might be the Freelan- free- freelance, freelance nun. Freelance yeah. nun. Bit of, bit of nunning on the side. Yeah. Bit of other stuff too. Hopefully she didn't Motivational do speaking. Didn't do any did work for Leeds United because she wouldn't have got paid. <laughs> Although they have been paid now, which is good. Uh, just finally on Joffy Lee and Cheese says, Joffy, now he's 20, I feel less guilty for offering my body to him. I'll have to go back and try and find out what that reference is about. But it sounds <laughs> kinky. The, um, uh, the mini... A uh, little mini wizard rat first occurrence I can find of it is Luke after the Arsenal game. Nominated him as a hero for his chest passes. Joffy's chest passes. More of that, please. You little mini riz- wizard rat. Love it. <laughs> from Luke. So, uh, yeah, Luke's... Um, Why hasn't he Luke. played more this season? It is frustrating because I know he didn't have a brilliant game, but he can still do stuff like that. And it does make you wonder why we've not had a bit uh, more space for He's it. had more injuries than I think people have realise because it's all been out the, mm-hmm. the public eye and we were talking didn't deal the show about Anthony Gordon trying to mark at the back post and costing an, an entire game just because he's inexperienced and whether you put them in the, the level and I was listening to um, the Leeds That podcast interview Hayden Evans who is uh, Charlie Creswell's agent and has been agent to Leeds players for years and years and he was given the impression he was talking about Joffe and Creswell and saying that both of them Obviously, as players and to some respects as their agents and their, their families, you want them to be playing all the time. You just don't understand why they're not, not in, the, in the pitch. But actually, if you take a step back and look at what they've done this season, fine. He, saw, he was saying with Gail Hartley, it's, like it's pretty much what you would want from a player with his talent at his age in this 
league, like all he's really had this season as well is the good stuff. Like he's not got one of those Anthony Gordon moments where they'll, they'll be watching that back in their analysis this week and pointing a finger at a teenager and saying, yeah. that's your that fault. That wouldn't be like Frank at all. <laughs> all Frank um, will say, it's really my fault, this. All Joffy's had to do is come into games. Do the fun bits. Do the fun bits. Yeah. Win a penalty, do some amazing skill and just get used to being in the Premier League that way. And, and it was interesting that Hayden Evans was kind of like, obviously he gets pushed and pushed and pushed from everybody wants to see him play more. But with his experiences and, and sort of looking for the best thing that it could have gone for him this season... He couldn't have had a better season, really. He couldn't ask for much more. And you so. don't get as much of that if we've got a bigger squad either. You know, if you've got competition up front, then he's not the default choice to say, well, why isn't he playing? Because he can then just sort of develop his little wizard rat skills, you know, at his own pace then, can't he? I wonder what he makes of it if he knows that he's been referred to as a wizard rat. <laughs> if him and the Dan James are ever comparing notes. What do they call you? <laughs> um, Pascal- and, Rod- and Rodrigo, obviously, this this week can you join in as well. <laughs> Pascal Straub got a, a number of nominations as well. Um, the Je- Prince of Belgium. Yes, and the, the Benelux King. Netherlands and uh, Luxembourg. Um, I believe they were, uh, the, the three nations have come together um, to throw a national holiday. 15th of May will forevermore be strike day in the, the three countries. Not forgetting uh, he's Indonesian I as well. I was going to say, you're, um, you're missing out. I don't know how that you integrate that into Benelux. Well, I mean, Belgium <laughs> and its history uh, has not had a problem with in- integrating mm-hmm. What's the name of a word? around the world. What's the name of that word where you put other words together to make like a new word? A portmanteau. That's the one, a portmanteau. Yeah, well, we've had a portmanteau because loads of nominations for Pascal Strack, but a, f- a number of people couldn't decide between Joffe or Strauch, so uh, have nominated them both. So is it Joffe and Strauch? Is it Joff Scal? Is it Pascoffe? Joff Scal's quite nice. Yeah, yeah. I like Joff. Pascoffe sounds like it's like a... A biscuit? No, it's where you buy booze in Liverpool. All right. <laughs> but um, Joff Scal actually sounds like somebody from Liverpool. And just um, playing the tape backwards a little bit, Urente got a couple of nominations for the key pass to Joffe. In the, in the first place, Fat no. Frank's heart attack uh, said Urente's one brain cell is the hero of the week for taking control and deciding to pass the Joffe instead of taking a piss and attempting to rocket that ball to the moon. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the hero nomination is not for the pass, it's for not shooting. And, it's, um, and I can remember quite clearly that ball being at his feet outside the penalty area and leaning forward in my seat and going, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And then with no idea of what was going to happen. The pass is good. The pass is fine. Not shooting is probably the best thing Llorente has done for a while. We had a number of nominations for other players. Rafa got a nomination by somebody who didn't leave a name. Says it was lovely of him to give us a final extra instalment of his highlights reel before he leaves. I trust that corporate, that's the department corporate, will publish it to the Lego movie song Everything is Awesome. Very catchy, that. I want to nominate him too slightly for being so dedicated to the long throws even though he's really <laughs> bad at them yeah. they're, they're a real mixed bag they, some go much further than others don't they it's like yeah. he's not got his technique right and he just catches one he's properly quite, he's sometimes quite a slight boy mm. the, uh, you'd rewind to that training session when Jesse Marsh gets them all to who here has a long throw and then they all do them It the next phrase should have been okay let's not do that <laughs> short throws guys um, you can't take corners either, I noticed as well on the well, weekend. That's, I mean, that's a long-running theme, but I, there was a point when he we got a throw and I think somebody was just going to take it and he was like, no, I do this. I hate it. I don't want to. And he was looking at it, pointing at Liam Cooper and Urente. He's like, I'm not going to do this if you're not getting in the box. 
we've all got to do this. <laughs> None of us want to. It won't work. You made to eat your vegetables as a kid. But we're absolutely, he, and he is the big brother going like, mum wants us to eat this. We're eating it. Eat Stop. the sprouts. You're just making her, she's cooked this. Stop, stop making her life uh, difficult. This is what Jesse wants. We're going to do it. And, you know, I think we've all wavered and watched Rafinha a bit and you saw him at the, the goalpost at the end and think, is his mind on the job? Is he thinking about Barcelona? Is he thinking about what he could be doing? And he may have had those moments as well where he's thinking, what, what is in this for me? Uh, this, these fish and chips people, why am I even here? But I really took from that game that um, he's going through it. He's, he's doing everything that he is being asked to do and things that other players cannot do and trying to do to get us going. And if that involves, even down the other week when he's screaming at people for keeping the ball in the East End and all that stuff and yelling at them for throwing paper, he's really doing his best to take charge of a, a situation, which is good because he's our best player and he's the one that you want doing that. So, we, get, we get a farewell, farewell goal from him on Sunday. He's going to win us the game. Yeah, rounding up the nominations, yeah, Rafinha does get nominated by No Name, Calvin nominated by John P, No Mercy Crease, Jackie, Ender, Melier, Katie, Dallas and Coops. Uh, Ken Bates stole my seat. Starts on Joffy. Makes sense. Then moves into Furpo. Mm. Lucy Loves Cock says uh, that tackle to stop us from going behind uh, by two was a massive point in the game. He played through injury and fought hard. And we should point out that Lucy does also say insert your own jokes because I've used tackle massive and hard so that when you uh, described her as Lucy Loves Cock which is not the name she gave herself <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, that was you inserting your own joke. <laughs> it so was, it's all fair. It was. I hereby declare this baby. That's what they say at Christings, isn't it? We'll have to ask the nuns and check, but mm. uh, Lucy loves cock. Um, it was a great tackle. It was, it was very brilliant. Good, yeah. And I think uh, there was the little uh, flyby mention for Liam Cooper in there. And I think he's going to be big at the weekend because Ericsson's crosses, Cooper's head, game one. Ryan, big fan of the fans. And Eddie Gray belting out marching on together as well. That was nice. Ilkley Arsol, Kevin Friend. He was the ref in the Spurs, or was he VAR, sorry, in Spurs versus Burnley. Either way, he was responsible somehow for the the handball decision that kept leading it for another week. He's really good on that, actually. He goes and spends ages looking at the monitor, and then he introduced a little bit of suspense into his gestures. He he came back and he drew... uh, The air television. He drew the air television, and then he paused, and I was like, what's he going to do? Point at the spot. (laughs) Yes, you little... It's like, uh, the, the winner of the X Factor is... Dramatic pause on the Arsenal fan TV. Actually, one of the, one of the clips I watched there was there was a VAR thing. They something Arsenal wanted, and one of them got confused and started drawing a ball. He was going VAR, VAR, to give it, giving the universal symbol for got the ball ref, not the man. Yeah, got the ball, not the man. But he was doing that instead of the square, mm. which was uh, it is confusing. Getting your gestures wrong. Unless um, he's got one of those round tellies that they had in the very old days. Screw Jeff for Brentford and Tottenham. Great bunch of lads. I feel sick. Uh, thanks to Kevin as well for being nice about us and Mike. Uh, go Aston Villa. Go Pantera. Who is fighting the good fight in Austria? Who's your hero of the week? It's uh, is it Joffrey? It, uh, well, I think is it Joffscal? It's Joffscal. Give it to Joffscal. Um, even it was. Um, oh. One of the match reports, I think the Mail or something, was criticising um, Marsh for saying it, it was a winning goal and it was like he misspoke. And it made me think because when I was writing my match report, I started by writing down Joffy's winner. Like, <laughs> a, 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 yeah, he didn't score. Two big things. B. Well, but it felt like that because the skill was so good and the moment was so vital. But Stroke has had a right arse of a time over the last few months. His form has gone. And all the the things where you think we're looking at the next Van Dyke guaranteed, he's hit the buffers as 
a young player will do in a relegation battle in the hardest league in the world when managers being changed, everybody, everything's chaos around him. It's affected his form. And even when he came on, people weren't happy with the substitution. And I think he started off, he made a mistake with like his first touch or something. You're thinking, oh God, what, what are we doing? Poor old Pascal. And he had a right old bad time against Chelsea as well, I thought. So you give him that chance and that's it where it's so easy to think. Joffy does all that and then the header just goes Welbeck style into the crowd. But he couldn't have done it any better, could it? Absolute perfection. So concentrated, mind is there, boom. execution, and looked like he absolutely loved the celebration. Even then had um his our pal Phil in his first draft of his match report said it was his first senior goal and had loads of people saying he scored against Arsenal. Um, and he was like, oh, first one at Elland Road. Um, so he, lo- all the good stuff that Stroik has done has kind of been forgotten and had bits chipped off it because of all the attention on uh, the Joffster. Um, so so it's they have to share it at so, minimum. And with, I think Joffy is going to win a lot of awards over his future career. So if he just gives three quarters of this, can go to Stroik and yeah. be, be nice. And by giving this award to them as a pair were pleasing five non-English nation states, aren't we? The three Benelux ones, Indonesia and Liverpool. Mm, of course. So, uh, so congratulations to all five of those nations. That's it then. Final week of the season. <laughs> Here we go. wonder how it's going to feel next week. We'll find out then, I guess, won't we? We'll, uh, got the Phil Hay show. Yeah, we're doing it slightly later this week. That's going to be Friday morning. We're recording that. We'll get it out Friday afternoon. Match ball. Mm. Let's see. Match ball Sunday afternoon. Hey, you never know. We might even do it on Thursday if things go well. Let's see. Um, we'll be back in due course. Thank you for watching and listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.